Welcome to episode 11 of Spotlighting the Indie Author, a podcast that shines a light on the independent author using book reviews and interviews with a dab of writing wisdom tossed in. It's time for Spotlighting the Indie Author's feature, 10 Off-the-Wall Questions with our special guest. When you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? If so, what? You know, I wasn't a, a big poster guy, uh, but uh, when I was growing up, I played a, a lot of video games, so I would have a lot of... Uh, video game characters like uh link from the legend of zelda and uh pac-man those kinds of things so i'm a i'm a big uh, video game nostalgia nut and uh those were the kind of things i had on my on, uh, on my wall or in, around my room all right describe your sense of humor in one word sarcastic very have a very uh, sarcastic wit ah uh, we have something in common right there toilet paper over or under under would you rather blow up 100 balloons or lick 500 envelopes? That's an easy one. I will take the envelopes. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? I would sit in the park and people watch. All right. Most writers do watch a lot of people. Would you rather be covered in bees or spiders? Bees. Easy. All right. If you get stuck in an elevator and were forced to listen to only one song, what song would you pick? I'm going to go with Phil Collins in the air tonight. Would you rather be able to erase people's memory or predict their future? definitely erase their memory do you have any superstitions uh i do not have any real superstitions no what's the worst job you ever had i used to work for a company called waste management and i did project management for them as a contractor it was the worst job ever hi i am kelly winkler who was that participating in the spotlighting the indie author feature 10 off-the-wall questions with Joseph? None other than our special guest, J.B. Lyon. J.B. is here to talk about his newest novel, The Seventh Spark, Volume 1, Knights of the Trinity. This is a story of good versus evil, which challenges the moral and spiritual beliefs in all of us as humans. A paranormal fantasy thriller, full of suspense, plot twists, and elements of horror similar to the Game of Thrones novel series. This gripping saga will appeal to traditional and graphic novel enthusiasts alike, with a visual novel concept designed to keep readers engaged until the very end. The Seventh Spark, Volume 1, Knights of the Trinity, was released today and ready to be purchased. The visual novel edition goes on pre-order September 15th, with an anticipated release date of October 1st. Before we get to Joseph and JB, here's some info on the author. JB Lyon, acclaimed author of The Wall and the newly first book of the Seventh Spark series, Knights of the Trinity, credits his family for helping to launch his career as a writer. An introvert as a kid, JB Lyon had a very active imagination and spent most of his nights creating short stories, reading, choose your own adventure books, or playing video games. Mr. Lyon was a stellar student in high school and college and always had a knack for creative and professional writing. Those traits would come in handy as he spent most of his adult years as a project manager, traveling the world implementing transit technology. During this time, he never stopped writing short stories. 
Over a 15-year span, he filled several notebooks with his tales. The primary theme of these stories culminated from a simple game he would play with his two sons to pass the time. The game centered around three different societies, each one trying to outmaneuver one another for control of the universe. A king of the hill concept, if you will. After years of nagging from his loving wife, who is an author herself, JB finally decided to do something with those hundreds of stories in his notebooks. He began writing the Seventh Spark series. JB lives in Richmond, Texas, and when not writing, Mr. Lion enjoys spending time boxing, Muay Thai, watching movies, and playing video games from the 1980s and 90s. You can find links in the show notes to The Seventh Spark, Volume 1, Knights of the Trinity, so you can purchase it. There you will also find links to J.B. Lyons' social media accounts, website, and media kit. What's the difference between a visual and traditional novel? That question will be answered as Joseph and J.B. talk about this gripping, paranormal, apocalyptic thriller with elements of horror. Take it away, Joseph. Hi, I'm Joseph Clay host of Spotlighting the Indie Author. I'm excited today to introduce to you Mr. J.B. Lyon. Thank you, J.B., for being on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. No problem. Before we get to the seventh spark, volume one, Knights of the Trinity, your bio Kelly read brought up some questions. It first stated that you traveled the world implementing transit technology. Can I talk you into coming to Nashville, Tennessee? We need someone who knows transit to bring the city into the present. <laughs> well, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, you know, the U.S. is uh, has has always kind of been in the uh, in the back when it comes to transit technology. You know, we love our cars. We we, we you know we love our automobiles. We don't we don't believe too much in the public transportation. So I've been uh, a lot of different places: uh, Germany, China. India, different places, uh, you know, implementing transit technologies and, and in the U.S., but uh, U.S. has always kind of been behind. So uh, Nashville, you're not alone. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> public transportation uh, improvements uh, that we can make across the country. That's for sure. Okay. That, that doesn't make me feel too much better, but a little bit better. So at least I know we're not the only ones. Next, you play videos from the 1980s and 1990s. I play a lot of Duke Nukem, which is one of my favorites. What are your some of your games you play? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Uh, I am a uh, video game uh, nut when it comes to retro gaming, uh, 80s and 90s, and some of the 70s. But uh, I grew up when uh, you know you had to go, uh, you know, a couple of blocks or ride your bike over to the nearest uh, arcade uh, video game place and. Uh, you know, you have about five bucks in your pocket and you try to play on that five dollars as long as you can. And then if you don't, if you run <laughs> yeah. out of money, well, basically, you're just going to sit there and you're going to look at the video games and and watch their introductions and watch other people play. So uh, <laughs> I used to do that all day long. Uh, man, I have so many. But uh, Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter 2 was a, a huge game. Uh, a lot of the Nintendo games, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Legend of Zelda played those forever in fact I, I finally beat that game when i was 33 years old i wasn't so successful when i was a kid at beating that game but i finally beat it when i was an adult um i actually upstairs uh in my my little game room um i've got an old retro arcade setup and i've got about uh 500 600 retro video games on it 
And uh, that's how I spend most of my weekends when I'm not writing or I got writer's block or something of that nature. I'm, uh, I'm playing a bunch of video games from the past. All right. I received several photographs to use for your bio featured here on the podcast website. Where was the one that featured you in a king's cloak and a crown? <laughs> that was actually uh, my birthday party. So we had uh, my wife surprising with a birthday party at Dave and Buster's. And uh, my birthday is uh, very, very close to Halloween. Uh, so we all kind of dressed up a little bit and, and we went out there and uh, took a couple of pictures of the event. And I thought that would be a pretty funny one to post up on the site. Okay. I was banking it was either going to be a Whataburger or a Zaxby's. <laughs> it, looked, it looked very similar to a Zaxby's we have up here. So I was wrong on that. No, but I love my Whataburger. Now, I didn't know they had Whataburger uh, anywhere outside of Texas, so that's good to know. Well, they don't. I just I used to eat them all the time in Texas. And then when I got back here, uh, I moved from Texas to Georgia, from Georgia to Tennessee, and I'm going, where's all the Whataburgers? And they go, what are you talking about? I said, y'all haven't had a hamburger till you had a Whataburger. It is a crying shame that they have <laughs> not put them out, you know, for the rest of the South to eat. Because yeah, it really is. If you don't have a mustard hamburger, you don't know what you're missing. That's true. That's true. The last question I got, I read another bio from your website, I believe, that you consider yourself the Black Gandalf. And for those of you who've been living under a rock, tell them who Gandalf is. And second, why do you consider yourself the Black Gandalf? Well, I would hope everybody would know who Gandalf is, but maybe they don't. There's this uh, small, you know, trio of films that was pretty successful. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> well, were. The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, before that, I read all the books and, uh, you know, I love Gandalf. You know, Gandalf is, you know, he's an old wizard, but he has a lot of stories and, you know, he tries always to be funny and, uh, he just kind of takes life, uh, uh, very easy going. But he's also very wise and, and patient and very loving uh, character. So, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, emulate that when I'm trying to write is, uh, you know, I'm trying to tell stories with a lot of heart in them. Right. right. And so that's why I, uh, I, uh, I, I came up with that little moniker for myself. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know that, you know, Gandalf actually one in one of the series. I think he went by Gandalf the Grey. That is yes. That's correct. All right, now we'll get to the seventh spark. When is the seventh spark, volume one, Knights of the Trinity, due to be released? Well, I have two release dates. So for the traditional novel, which is basically uh, all uh, written and no pictures, drawings, no, no visual novel. So I have two versions coming out. I have a visual novel and a traditional novel. If you like the traditional novel, you know, you don't want don't want to see anything extra. Uh, then that comes out on September the 1st. The uh, visual novel is uh, going to be available for pre-order starting September 15th with an anticipated uh, release date of October 1st. Where can it be purchased? Well, uh, a couple different places. Uh, you know, it's definitely got, uh, on Amazon. Uh, it also will be available on Barnes & Noble's uh, website as well. And then uh, if you can't uh, find it there, you can always go to my, to my website, uh, www.jblion.com go to my product catalog and then from there you can click and get to the links uh, for purchase okay tell us about the visual novel edition explain the concept behind the visual novel is it similar to a graphic novel or a comic book so i call the visual novel a book on acid and uh what i mean by that it, it's going to be uh the most 
immersive novel experience that's on the market today. So it's not quite a graphic novel, it's not quite a, a comic book, and it's not definitely not a traditional novel. It is a, a combination of, uh, you get the experience of, of the graphic novels, but you get the stylings and the formats that you would find of like uh, in very popular magazines and, and those kinds of things. So very vivid colors, uh, very vivid uh, uh, drawings, the dialogue style is different. There's point of emphasis in the book where it actually points out different things that you should pay attention to. So it, it, it is very uh, immersive experience to, to draw the reader in. I didn't want to have the reader to, uh, you know, sometimes uh, as readers, we can get lost sometimes in a book. You know, it, you, you got a good book. Uh, you know, it's interesting to read. But sometimes you get lost in the dialogue of who says what. Um or you get lost in some of the descriptions and I wanted to make it a very easy experience for the reader. Um, you can actually see who's talking and who's talking and who's responding back. Um, so it kind of gives the reader some, some extra tools to help them to get into the story and, and to, uh, you know, to really, to really get into it. So, uh, you know, I came up with this concept because, you know, one of the things as men, you know, we don't read a whole lot when it comes to entertainment. Um, if you if you looked at the you know national statistics, that those are down. Men seem to read if they want to learn something, you know. But as far as entertainment, it, it's kind of fallen off. And I wanted more men to read. So when I when I put this together, and uh, you know, I, I saw my two boys and stuff. I said, well, what would they, what would they read? You know, because. You know, these guys, you know, my son is uh, is uh, 20 and my other is 18. They grew up in the YouTube generation. Everything is a video, you know. They learn most things through videos. And so, you know, and there's so much, you know, the, 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 the content world has grown so much, you know, with the internet and images, Google images and all these different things. There's so much content and there's so much things being created. So I was like, you know, why not utilize that and, and all these different, you know, filters and Snapchat and TikTok and all these different things. Why not utilize that and and use a lot of things that people aren't used to seeing? So when you, you know, look at, um, you can get into, go into my website, you can look at some sample pictures and you can look at some sample uh, examples of what my book looks like. You'll see that it looks totally different. The colors are different, the images are different. It's just a different type of experience uh, that um, that will hopefully uh, and really engage the reader to to want to to, uh, to read more and to get into it. That sounds so cool. And I have looked at some of the pictures over on your website, and they were they were fantastic. I love the way the colors were vibrant, like you said, and they jumped out at you. Who did your artwork? Um, I have an artist. His name is Mike Danovic, um, who who uh, is doing my artwork. Um, and he's, he's done a fantastic job. Um, now I do all of the coloring. So he, he does the, he does the artwork and I do all of the coloring, uh, because I've got different schemes and different concepts that I wanted to emulate. Um, you know, one of the things that I did is I, I scoured the magazine market and I looked at all types of magazines and, you know, just say what they were doing because, you know, magazines are very bright, vibrant and they're, they're, they're always trying to get you with different images and things. And I try my best to emulate that to, to really get into it. So, uh, you know, you'll see pictures with borders, some with no borders, some, you know, in, in weird places. 
and uh, you know some of the fonts and things will be different and it'll really just kind of you know uh, kind of an Alice in Wonderland type of a thing uh, uh, that, you, that you'll that you'll kind of see and experience right that is just that is super neat super neat okay so you have the visual and you have the the normal but both of them tell the same story so what is the seventh spark volume one Knights of the Trinity about so the seventh spark as a whole is about um, you know a classic style of, of good versus evil um, it's about uh, three beings from um, different worlds that uh, join together in a plot uh, to bring across to, to bring about uh, the rapture across all the realms of men. Uh so the it's a parallel universe the difference is uh, there's 12 realms of men instead of one instead of having just earth there are diff 12 different planets that have the men on them that reside on them the first book is told from the so um, one of the things that uh, about my books is it the it'll be a five book series and it'll be the same story but it'll be told across five different perspectives. Um, the really thing that I wanted to hit home in my books is about how people's you know opinions and their and their beliefs and all these things are, are so tied to perspective. You know, sometimes it's how you grew up, or, or, or what you do, or what your religious beliefs are, or and all those different things that kind of shape your own world, your own universe. And so, really, how I look at it is that you've got these series of events going on, but everybody's experiencing them from their own perspective. So, the first book, Knights of the Trinity, is about twelve knights who are basically warrior angels. And their whole job is to protect the realms of men from falling into darkness. That is, that is what they do. Um, they are chosen uh, by Michael, who is the archangel, uh, to protect those realms of men. And they take great pride in that. Um, they're very prideful uh, people uh, or beings, if you will. They're not people. They're beings. And in a lot of ways, they they don't like man, which is it's kind of funny. You're protecting them, but they don't like them because man has this ability to choose whether to be good or bad. And they don't have a choice. They're either good. They are good and, and they fight for good and they expect man to behave and be the same way. But the laws for man are different than angels. And so you get a lot of that conflict as you go through uh, through the story. All right. That does sound interesting. Now, The Seventh Spark, Volume 1, Knights of the Trinity. What's the word count or page length? Uh, it's, a, it's right around uh, 55,000 words, uh, about 275 pages. Uh, and then if you get the visual novel, uh, it's going to be about 300, 315 pages total. Okay, who or what audience are you trying to reach the Seventh Spark Knights of the Trinity and the Complete Seventh Spark series? You know, um, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I, I, I'm looking uh, for the audience of, you know, young adult to mature adult. Um, this is not a book for kids, definitely not. Um, there's a lot of uh, adult themes and adult concepts in it that I don't think that, that children, you know, Anybody below 13, 14 would understand. Uh, it would take a very mature 14-year-old to, uh, in order to uh, to get some of the concepts and things that, are, that I'm talking about in my book. 
Uh, so it's definitely for that audience. Uh, again, I'm trying to get more men to read, uh, but of course, all readers uh, of the paranormal, that like paranormal, that like uh, uh, some horror in it, uh, definitely a lot of suspense, definitely a lot of uh, a thrilling book, uh, very fast paced. If you like those kind of things, that, then you will definitely enjoy my book. What would you hope that if a reader reads your book, what do you hope they would pull from your book that might help them in an everyday life? Or is it one of those books that doesn't really have a moral theme, but will help you escape a bad day if you sit down and read it? You know, I, I wrote my book with, you know, the heart of a person in mind. Um, you know, I, I know how difficult life is, you know, as, as a middle-aged man, uh, you know, going through life, uh, you know, you learn a lot about, you know, you come in as a, as a wide-eyed, you know, young man or woman, and you think all these opportunities and things are there, and then life really hits you. And, and you're like, man, you know, things aren't really, you know, as straightforward as you thought, you know. And the one thing that I really want people to take away when they're reading my books is that, you know, is to question what's really good and what's really bad. And what I mean by that, of course, there's acts that are good and there's acts that are bad. But when it comes down to the person and, and, and the person's spiritual, you know, and beliefs and moral beliefs and those kind of things, I want people to really explore the gray and understand that, you know, people's circumstances, their perspectives, all these different things that Perhaps, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't either good or bad, and there's a lot of gray. And that, you know, a person can do a despicable act, but still be a good person, which I think we lose a lot in this society and the way that the media and the way that things are construed nowadays, that a guy can, or, you know, a person can be a great person and they do one bad act and then all that's wiped away. And I, and I really want to talk about how you know, how misleading that can be. All right. And I totally agree. We, if people would understand that the world is more gray than just black and white, everybody would be a whole lot better off. Good things happen to bad people. Bad people do good things and good people do bad things. It's just nature. That's just what happens. Absolutely. And there's been so many people that have been, you know, persecuted for 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 acts and and not to say that they shouldn't be punished you know all bad acts have consequences but in the public eye there's just there's so much of this uh you know that, that they these people get cast down and and i really you know my book is a lot about redemption and and and, and how people come back and and the true heart of a person and how that's challenged one of my favorite book series is the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. That may be the reason when I see the title, The Seventh Spark, it reminds me of the seven seals in the book of Revelation. Any religious overtones or undertones in this book? Uh, definitely. Definitely there are. Uh, you know, I am, I am a, a Christian. Uh, I believe in Christ uh, and, uh, you know, his resurrection. And uh, that is the, the, the way to heaven. And, uh, you know, I don't make any of apologies for that at the same time i respect everybody else's beliefs and and, and those kinds of things but i definitely uh write with the heart of a, of a christian uh in in me uh you know that being said uh once again uh if you read the bible you know and you really study it and you really study the old testament and the new testament you know the old testament shows you so many examples of very good people who love the Lord that make 
very horrible, bad mistakes that will be considered, you know, you would consider that person to be evil, but they're not. And so um, I really, really hit home on a lot of that within my book. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, I hit on a lot of Old Testament things and a lot of different things of, of you know, different people caught up in these different situations and, and how they handle it. We learned a little bit about how this series came about in your bio. Give us a little more detail about the inspiration for the book and the series. So uh, it was it was a game uh, that I played with my two sons uh, that are now grown-ups. Uh, but we were uh, I had them back to back pretty much, uh, and uh, it was just a way to kill time. Uh, we'd always play this kind of king of the hill game, so. My one son had a, had a species, if you will, a, a race of people, if you will. And then my other had another and I had one. And we would all fight for control of the universe. And so we'd come up with these elaborate schemes on, you know, how to, how to take up the, the universe from the other person that was, that was ruling it at the time. And uh, it came up with some pretty interesting stories. And, uh, you know, I started to, to jot some of those things down and, and characters started to, to pop up to my head. And, uh, you know, my wife, who's an author herself, uh, she writes a lot of poetry and uh, she's written a couple of books herself. She uh, she said, hey, you should do something with this. And I said, ah, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a writer like you. You know, I just I just got a bunch of stories and so forth. And she's like, well, you know you've been you know you've been a creative writer for a long time and you know you do a lot of business writing i'm sure you could do it and i was like ah, no nah, i don't really want to do anything with this and then you know about seven or eight years ago i finally was like okay well let me let me try to piece together some things so you know i spent ooh, about two and a half three years uh just going to uh, different writing um symposiums or meetings or different groups and you know, kind of learning about, okay, you know, I can tell a story, but I can't write a book. You know, how do I, how do I tie that together? And, and, uh, you know, had a lot of drafts destroyed mercilessly <laughs> as I was going through the process. And, uh, uh, about three and a half, four years ago, I released a small, uh, a short story novella called The Wall. And it was one of the stories out of the Seven Spark series, just a just a small, uh, you know, subplot in the in the whole on the overall book. And I put it out. It was uh, about a hundred pages, and I, and I put it out as a short novella with a few pictures in it. And it got some very, you know, good positive reviews. And you know, the the biggest thing was that oh, it's too short. So, okay, well I know that. And you know, <laughs> and so you know, I. Uh, I, I took that and I said, okay, I'm going to really, you know, go for it. And so, you know, I went all out and then, uh, you know, then the whole concept of the visual novel kind of came into my head because it was more like, okay, I didn't want to, you know, I want to tell a story, but I wanted to tell it in my own way. And I started to think about, well, how would I tell it? You know, and, and my whole video game background, you know, I know when I was a kid, I used to read a bunch of uh, choose your own adventure books. And I love those books because, you know, they kind of immersed you into the experience and you had to choose which way you go and they had a lot of pictures in them and things like that. And so I'm like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to invest and spend all that time. I want to do it in the way that I would enjoy. So that's what I tried to bring to, you know, the audience. All right. Uh, 
Now, I read somewhere that you had actually, you would write while you were traveling. And I think it was like 15 years of little notes, short stories, paragraphs. They were all contained in three reading binders. How many of those binders did you actually wind up with when it was all said and done? Oh, man, I've got about 10, to, 10 of those just stacked up <laughs> okay. of, uh, you know, just, just little short stories. And, and they've helped me so much, you know, through this book. Uh, because, you know, if I ever get stuck, I just kind of go back and look at that. And, you know, it just kind of helps me with the overall, you know, having the overall story arc is, you know, for, for any writer can be simple. It's just it's just the, you know, the little missing details, the little pieces. And so I always go back, you know, and reference those if I get if I get stuck. Yeah, yeah, they are good to have. Okay, now the Seven Spark Knights of the Trinity. Will it be available only in ebook, or will sooner or later there be a printed version as well? The traditional novel, um, if you just you know no pictures, no no visualizations, will be available on ebook. The visual novel will only be available via print. I want you to see it in the way that it was intended. <laughs> Um, so it will only be available in print. Now, what I've done for the people who don't buy books anymore, which I know there is a, you know, a good people that some people do, they, you know, they still want to, they still want to hold. The book, I like those kind of people. <laughs> well, I'm not going to make any judgments, but, uh, you know, some people, they just want to, you know, give me the Kindle and I'll, and I'll do it. So what I've done is I've broken down the chapters in my visual novel into individual episodes. And those will be available via ebook. So if you if you don't want the pay the you know you don't want the paper you don't want the book for the visual novel you can still get the visual novel experience but you have to buy each individual episode. Okay, all right, all right that makes sense. As writers, we all have writing influences. Who are yours? Uh, you know, I mentioned one George R. R. Martin, who is fantastic, and and the reason. I like him so much is his dialogue is fantastic. You know, a lot of people would, you know, they're going to say Tolkien and, and I, I, not that I don't like Tolkien. I, I like his stuff. And obviously the Lord of the Rings, you know, trilogy is one of the best trilogies of all time. Uh, and, and the Hobbit was a great book as well. I read, I read both of all of those uh, books, but the, the dialogue, you know, the, 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 the complicated, you know, you, you've got to learn old English kind of thing. And, and, and I like the fact that George R. R. Martin, he was very real with his dialogue and the situations that people were in. You know, I, you know, when you think of old times and you think of medieval, you think of knights, you know, you think of all oh, this, you know, this guy has all this honor and valor and all these different things. And and he kind of he, he humanized it so much to where it's like, eh. You know, some nights are that way, but others are, you know, hey, you know, you pay me enough money, I'll kill whoever you want. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, it was very real. And it, it, it took a fantasy, you know, all this fantasy things around it, but there were very real situations that, that anybody could see actually happen. You're right. The dialogue was excellent. It reminded me a lot of Mark Twain, the way he used dialogue. It was very realistic. It was for that era of time. And what came out of their mouths is what came out of their mouths. That's right. And I, and I, I try my very best to do that in the book. And, I, and that's why I say that, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit more adult for, you know, a teenager. 
if, if you know, if a teenager reads it, you know, they'll have to be at least 14, 15 or, or whatever the case, because I don't pull punches on what people would normally say. You know, if they say it that way and how they say it, that's how I put it in the books. Right. The readers will love that. They can connect, so to speak. Yeah, I'd say that. You know, that's what I tell that fool. Right. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, your bio stated, and we've talked about it, that after years of nagging from your loving wife, who is also an author, you began writing the Seventh Spark series. Due to health issues, I had to retire from engineering early. That's when I began writing. I find it therapeutic and calming, helping me with my anxiety. I know you suffer from mental disorders. Which ones, and do you find that writing helps you cope with them? Well, uh, very early on in my in my life, I uh, had anxiety uh, disorder and didn't didn't know it, and then also suffered from uh, not severe but but moderate depression, and uh, I wasn't aware of it, and I had to find out um, a little later on because I had a couple of uh, of my my cousins pass away from it, uh, you know, through through maybe drinking or excessive, you know, uh, drug a lot of different things, and. Uh, you know, I started asking around. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> my, my mother was like, oh, yeah, we have a history of depression. I was like, well, thanks for telling me, Mom, now that I'm an adult. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I wish you would have told me this sooner. You know, I might have, I might have been able to prepare for it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's something that has, uh, you know, it's one of those thorns. You know, uh, if you think of uh, Paul in the Bible, you know, he talks a lot about thorns and uh you know, it's, it's just something that I have to deal with. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like writing as an escape and it's a way for me to communicate. One of the things that I think drives anxiety and drives depression and, and things of this nature, especially in this day and age, is because we've become a society where we, we really can't say what we feel or we can't express ourselves anymore um without severe consequences and especially in the workplace uh, uh you know i it's one of the things that uh, i'm starting to take up when you know workplace rights and, and those kinds of things uh you know i spent so much time in, in corporate america and I, and I still work in it and um you know i kind of use my writing as an escape but you know i kind of call a lot of people in, in corporate america especially when i was doing uh, my traveling around the world as walking zombies i mean a lot of those people are on all kinds of medication and and different things just to cope just to cope just to make it you know you're working 18 hour shifts and you're doing this and you're doing that and nobody cares about your work-life balance and nobody cares about this and that and you have to watch everything that you say and you can't you know you can't you know, the customer's always right. You can't really tell them, you know, <laughs> that they're making a mistake. And then but you have to suffer the consequences. There's just so much pressure um, when you're in a position of leadership um, that, you know, I've had to experience over my time or seen other people experience. And um, I, I find writing as an escape. And uh, it's definitely uh, one of the things, you know, that I talk about in my book is how, you know, things have you know, some things have changed for the better, but but in these cases, I, I think that we've all gotten way too sensitive, and um, it's it's caused an environment where a person doesn't can't even feel like they can be themselves. Correct, and I totally agree with you. One thing that I don't miss is that corporate grind. I was in it. Uh, I retired when I was 53, which was seven years ago. So I was in it from 20 to 53, which is what, 33 years? Oof, and that was one of the first things I noticed 
after my doctor said, you just, you need to hang it up was that my anxiety level did drop, but I still had some. And that's how I figured out I had anxiety issues. And this whole time, my workplace was actually making it worse than it actually was. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I know people go through, you know, people go through so much just to, you know, take care of their families and, and uh, they feel as if they don't have a choice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you need, you know, I, I love writing books because it's a creative outlet, you know, to get some of that release. You, you got to find something that you like to do uh, to, to, to balance. Yeah, exactly. Why is discussing mental health important to you? You know, it's, it's for awareness. Um, you know, uh, as I talked about the corporate world, there's a lot of studies out there that, that show that a lot of people in the corporate world, because of the stress of the, and the grind and the environment, uh, have a lot of mental disorders and are on all of these pills and so forth. And, and I, I want to bring light to that. You know, that's that's not a good state to be in. You know, um, there's a lot of other countries that have handled the balance a lot better. Uh, but in America, it's, you know, it's sink or swim. And, and it's, you know, that I think you know, a lot of these companies, they they skim so much to, to, to almost break. It. And, uh, you know, it's the environment that, that we're in. So, you know, the more light that I could bring on it, you know, and, and to show people that it's not, you know, it's, yes, it's a, it's a disorder or whatever. But, you know, everybody has to deal with certain things. And it's not always a, a, a bad thing. I think that. Uh, some of the creativity I get is because I do have these kind of things and, and, and how, you know, I'm able to drive myself or to push myself harder is because, you know, I have some of these these uh, these issues. So, you know, you can't always look at it as a, as a bad thing. It's just something that you live with and that you work with and you move through it. But if I can help anyone, you know, to show that, hey, this is, you know, you can get out of the corporate grind by doing X, Y, and Z and and trying to help others, you know, establish maybe some programs. And, I, and they're, they're starting to, I think that, you know, people are starting to realize and they're starting to, you know, speak about it more. But I just want to make sure that it, it stays at the forefront because eventually I think that, you know, that people are just going to have enough. Yeah, and that's bad when the people get enough and they actually become to a breaking point. And anytime you need a spokesperson or somebody to help you champion this this you know this mental health stuff to help get the word out you just let me know because 1993 i had my first heart attack and i've had five since then with open heart surgery and stent okay the doctor told me that most of mine was hereditary it's sort of like your mother not telling you you know that y'all had a history of mental health but my doctor said that the corporate grind and the stress of that grind didn't do my heart any good it actually led to a couple of the episodes and I said, but I don't feel stressed. And he goes, that's the problem with the people who work in positions like yours is they don't feel the stress because they're so used to it. He says, you've been doing this for so long, you don't know what living without stress is all about. And so it can actually, it doesn't only lead to drug addiction, uh, you know, alcoholism. It actually causes severe health problems. And that's one of the reasons that I think that mental health and physical health should all be put together and covered under one insurance policy. I mean... If it's going to, if your mental health is actually going to affect your physical health, why doesn't your insurance cover for it? I mean, it's like preventive maintenance. You know, you get your brain straight and everything else is going to work out. So, yeah, I'll help with that all you need me to. Well, that's that's fantastic. And you, and you bring up a great point around insurance. And, I, you know, I could talk about that all day. I mean, there's so many, unfortunately, you know, there's so many of 
the homeless or you know people that are in jail that have mental health issues and they get they get no support for it. they just throw them in the jail you know or uh, you know you kick them out of society basically and it's you know it's 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 stuff that can be treated right and if this had been treated way beforehand they might not be homeless that's absolutely right they might, there's a good chance they might not be in jail it's because their thinking is off i mean and there's nothing wrong with an insurance company saying hey okay you need this type of drugs to help with your mental issues we'll cover them just like we cover your high blood pressure medicine i don't see anything wrong with that i don't know why there's two different realms in there yeah that's a that's a that's a huge issue you know and i'm hoping you know at some point you know we just got to keep shining the light on it and hopefully you know it will be addressed because there's, there's a lot of people that suffer from it and you know and that's okay uh, but you know it's it's uh it's really impacted and you know especially you know and then it you know it has an even harder you know things for these veterans that come home and might have psp uh you know ptsd and those issues and you know they can't get a job and it's 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 just so much out there uh that could be that could be helped and uh and you know, we just seem to, to, to kind of turn a, a blind eye to it and uh, that's definitely not helping issue yeah uh, we'll get off of that subject because, you know, I'll get me and you both to get on this rant and all of a sudden people don't forgot what we even started talking about. So let's get back to the wall for a minute. You had mentioned earlier that it was your first book that you released. Uh, it was a novella and it was sort of the part of the seven spark series. What was its story? Basically, the story uh, was a was a subset of my second book, uh, which will be out early next year, 2021. Uh, it is um, about a group of military uh, mercenaries. Basically, they're black ops uh, type of a group. It goes out and they, they do all these different missions uh, for the Commonwealth, which is kind of a collection of nations. Think of it very similar to the United Nations, except for they're all under one banner. And uh, they go out and they do all of these different missions that basically the, the Commonwealth doesn't want people to know about. They kind of do all the dirty work. And uh, this group, um, they encounter a, a being from, from beyond this world, uh, basically a demon. And when this happens, it changes their entire relationship for, forever. So these, these were very hardened men. You know, they've seen all kinds of death and war and all these different things and then they come across something that they can't explain and it talks about how their relationship is basically torn from the root because of this incident and what happens to them the horrible uh, you know events that happen after that and the suffering and all the different things they've got to go through because they experience this this uh, uh this extraordinary event okay now is is the wall is it only available as a traditional novel or will it be available in visual also so all of my books will be available in the traditional and the visual format okay um and so book two again comes out early 2021 i don't have a definitive date on that yet because i'm still working on some of the illustrations um so but uh they will be available in traditional and in visual novel format okay is the wall available now on amazon still it is not so that was uh that novella oh i stopped uh selling that about a year and a half ago okay here's the question that i'm sure you've been asked a thousand times as a standard for all interviews what's next on your writing agenda 
I got to finish this series. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy one. I, you know, I've got, uh, you know, I've got five books to write. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm halfway through the third one. And, uh, you know, I have all the concepts for the other two. So um, basically, uh, the, the, the Band of Brothers, which is uh, what the book two is called, uh, volume two uh, of the Simmons part, uh, that one, that one is finished basically, uh, and then I've got the third book, which is uh, uh, I haven't come up with the, the exact title yet, but it's going to be about the shadows, which is a, a secret organization uh, that is basically uh, uh, put together to protect the weak and, uh, and uh, basically the poor and the weak, and to uh, to uh, think of them as as silent vigilantes. Uh, that are there to help. Um, and then uh, the fourth book is uh, about uh, Santa Marte, which is uh, one of my uh, antagonists uh, in, in the whole series and about how he became to be uh, the leader of one of the, of the most powerful cartel uh, within uh, the world. And the last book is about uh, the president of the Commonwealth, uh, whose name is J.R. Rothschild and about the secret society that he is a part of, uh, which is, uh, you know, very similar to kind of the Illuminati type of VI type of, uh, organization and, uh, how they run and how he became to be the most powerful man in the world. Okay. Uh, I've been over to your website quite a bit since we scheduled this interview and that website of yours is, is very informative. Now, if I'm not mistaken, each one of those books you just mentioned is listed on your website with the cover art for the book. Is that not correct? First two, yes. Uh, the 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 other three, I've got I've got all the description of what the books are, but um, I'm missing the the book cover for the last two. Okay. All right, JB. It was a pleasure talking with you and learning about you and the Seventh Spark series. The crew of Spotlighting the Indie Author wishes you success with the book and the best in life. We'll be in touch and let you know when the Seventh Spark Knights of the Trinity will be reviewed here on Spotlighting the Indie Author. Well, I definitely appreciate it and appreciate your time and, your, and uh, you know, your, your candid interview. I really enjoyed my time. interview, Joe. I thought it was nice of you to let JB talk about mental health. It's also great to hear an author who is passionate about writing and his fellow man. Thank you, Kelly, and I agree with you. JB does show a lot of passion for his writing and the well-being of others. Most authors want to stick to talking about their books. However, when it comes to mental health issues, especially in this country, JB is right. They need to be discussed. As far as the book, The Seventh Spark, Knights of the Trinity, it has me intrigued. I can't wait to read and review it. I also can't wait to get my hands on the visual version in October. But that's not till October. We have another show coming up before then. Tell me what that show's about, Kelly. We travel back in time to the 1800s with a tale of land disputes, cattle drives, along with train and bank robberies, and of course, gunfights. Episode 12 airing on September 15th, 2020 will be a book review of Mike Stone, Texas Ranger by Patrick Lindsay. Yeah, believe it or not, it's also a love story. The question is, who is a better shot, him or her? And will either make it to the end to live happily ever after? I know we have some open dates left in this year's schedule. Remind me what they are, please. 
<laughs> yeah, sounds like an Old West love story to me. As for the open dates, we have October 15th, along with November 1st and 15th, plus December 1st and 15th that need to be booked. I'll look at the schedule before the next show to see what slot will be best to slide the seventh part, Knights of the Trinity by J.B. Lyon, into. Plus, see if there are any other books that are in the queue and not on the schedule. We'll give an update on the next show. I have some work to do, so could you close this show out, please? I'm out of here. Till next time, don't let them see you sweat. Keep your cards close to your chest and keep smiling. It makes them wonder what you got. Music in today's podcast. Intro, outro music, thriller announcement five by Ziggy2, courtesy of Freesound. Background music, Never Stop Dreaming by Crescent Music, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated. Besides what was mentioned in the podcast, the show notes will also contain the following. The sound effect credits. The link to Spotlighting the Indie Authors podcast webpage. Links to the hosts of today's show along with the guest. Links to Spotlighting the Indie Authors blog. The blog will include any information obtained about the guest or books after the podcast aired. The podcast notes will also have the technical data on the recording of today's show. This was episode number 11 a 2020 production of Spotlighting the Indie Author, a josepheclay.com podcast. From myself and the Spotlighting the Indie Author crew, this is Kelly Winkler, wishing you happiness and safety throughout your week.